1: Welcome back in, and congratulations on your engagement. The first thing you need to do is find a venue. So I'm going to send you to The Legacy on Possum Run. Go to thelegacyonpossumrun.com. When you get there, you'll see the three beautifully unique spaces that comprise the venue. You can check pricing. It's all there for you. No gotchas, no hidden fees. Check the calendar. Make sure your date's open. Or you may love the place so much, you want to plan your day around availability. So check it out. You'll also see the supply closet. That's the stuff you get for free when you book the legacy. The legacy on Possum Run, your legacy begins here. And by the way, make sure you sign up for that January 27th open house so you can see it in person. You're going to love it. Uh, I want to point you to Twitter real quick. I do have a poll there. And the question that I've asked is, should we be paying students to go to school? Uh, Believe it or not, uh, that's an option. 117 votes have been cast. I'm not going to tell you which way they're going. You need to go to Jack Windsor, at Jack Windsor uh, on Twitter uh, to vote and see for yourself. But I'll take your calls on that as well. Um, Speaking of Twitter, our next guest, you can find him at Mark R. Weaver. And he's the author of A Wordsmith's work. He's a media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, adjunct professor, prosecutor, former deputy. Uh, director, or excuse me, <laughs> Deputy Attorney General uh, of the State of Ohio, uh, Mr. Weaver, welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you today, sir?
2: Doing well. Good morning. Hope you're well,
1: Jack. I'm well. My voice does not sound as if I am, but I promise I am. Um, and I, I'm, I'm hopeful to let you talk a lot today. Um, I may play a clip here in a moment. In fact, you know what? Let me do that. If you don't mind, indulge me again for for about a, a minute here. I want to play this clip for you of, of Jamie Dimon, uh, Chase CEO, and I want you to talk about it in context of maybe what we're going to expect in the New Hampshire GOP presidential primary. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Uh, cut two.
3: Good. And I just also want to point out, I, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you, if you travel this country – you know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year and Leslie Picker was on Spokane and Boise and Bozeman. People are growing. They're hungry to grow. They're innovating. It's it's everywhere. It's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He's kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. Trade. China, China so, ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what
0: he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I he, understand. Yeah.
3: He may have been right. And I don't like how he said things about I Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, to, you should always ask the why.
1: So I'm going stop it there. But, uh. Mark, is that why Trump kicked everybody's butt in Iowa? And and do you expect to repeat in New Hampshire?
2: The fact that liberal elites are starting to acknowledge some of the reasons why Donald Trump is popular is an interesting shift in the currents of politics. Notice he couldn't say the words, Trump was right. So <laughs> he said, Trump's not wrong, which... Okay, maybe that's one step closer to acknowledging that Trump has been right on some things. There was also a New York Times columnist this week who starts out by saying he hates Donald Trump and that he's going to vote against him and that he's going to work very hard to not have him be elected. But he went on to say to his fellow liberals uh, listen, we have to acknowledge that Donald Trump got a lot of things right, and there are a lot of people who want someone with his policies back in the White House. And the fact that people On the left are starting to say publicly what they've certainly been saying to each other privately shows how the political landscape has changed just in the last year.
1: So I'm going to ask this question and then and then I want to get your prediction on New Hampshire, because I think Nikki Haley is poised to do well there if everything that we read and hear is accurate. But I have my reservations about Jamie Dimon. He's saying this from Davos. He's saying this, uh, you know, in the midst of the World Economic Forum. And I wonder, Mark, and maybe this is the conspiracist, and maybe I, I'm showing my tin hat here, tinfoil hat. Are they are they baiting us? Are they are they going? Hey, yes, this is your guy because it's the only it's the only person Biden can beat. Or do you really think that the the, the, the tide is turning? And what does that mean for New Hampshire?
2: Well, Jamie Dimon is going to take a lot of flack from the left, but he might be hedging his bets here, right? If he's a clear-eyed observer of American politics, he has to know that right now the momentum is behind Donald Trump returning to the White House. And if you're a big corporate exec and you want to have a friend in the White House, maybe you hedge your bet a little bit and, Mm. and give yourself the ability to go into the Oval Office next year and say, President Trump? Back in 2024, in January, I went to Davos and started telling people that you weren't wrong. Mm. And that might be enough to get him an audience with the president. So I think it's more likely to be that than it is a bait of us, Okay. because most of the folks who go to Davos don't think the rest of us are smart enough, <laughs> you know, to be baited. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's, there's a disdain for most Americans in, in flyover country like Ohio. And so I wouldn't be even though... Uh, Diamond was from a company that was from Ohio. He, I doubt that he's baiting us. I think it's more likely he's hedging his bets.
1: That's a uh, very astute observation. Um, what do you expect uh, next week? It looks like uh, we're next Tuesday. New Hampshire right now, Trump is at 46.3. Nikki Haley, 33 and a half. Chris Christie, uh, who's at a uh, all-you-can-eat buffet near you but will not be in New Hampshire, is at 12%. Um, how do you think that's going to shake out?
2: I think so much political coverage is focusing on the second place position and that it completely ignores the fact that Donald Trump is going to win, going to win that primary. Yep. If he doesn't, now that's a story. It's, it's not enough to defeat him, right, because he'll go on to win in South Carolina. Uh, but I think he's likely to win. I think the more interesting New Hampshire story is that Do- uh, Joe Biden won't be on the ballot mm. and his Democratic opponent, Dean Phillips, will be. And uh, Biden is quietly trying to get his supporters to write his name in. But check the reason why he's not on the ballot. He purposely won't get on the ballot because it's too white a state. There aren't enough black voters. So he is waiting to go to South Carolina, which has a higher percentage of black voters. But he still wants people to write him in. So what I'll be looking at is less about the Republican side and how many votes Dean Phillips, the liberal Democrat, gets in the race against uh, Joe Biden next week.
1: Yeah, that's something that we'll break down when we have you on next week, Mark, and see how that plays out. Um, speaking of votes, some people think that who Donald Trump chooses as his vice presidential candidate uh, will will make a hill of beans. So uh, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, do you think it matters? And if it does matter, who do you think his best pick is?
2: It matters at the margins, right? First, do no harm. Everybody says that. You don't want to hurt yourself, and then you want to help yourself a little. Let's break down the names you just said. DeSantis. Can't be DeSantis. They're both from Florida. Florida would, would waive its electoral votes if both the president and the vice president are from the same state. That's right in the Constitution. Can't be DeSantis. Okay. Not going to be Chris Christie because Trump hates him, and Christie wouldn't take it. Vivek would take it, but Vivek brings to the table the same qualities that Trump has, which is the attack dog dog qualities of the ones you mentioned nikki haley has the best chance
1: do you think about uh, 30 seconds here do you think trump would bring himself to do that and do you think that she would be able to garner maybe some of the suburban women that that might be trump's bugaboo and uh, some of the college educated republicans
2: if he does it that's exactly why he would do it because a lot of the folks you just mentioned look at her and like her so she'd have to you know She'd have to eat a little crow He'd have to eat a little crow But if it meant a winning ticket I think he wants to win
1: I think uh, about 75 to 80 million Americans Want him to win And yes. uh, if, if this headwind keeps uh, I think he's going to win And he's going to win big But I expect an October surprise And uh, we'll try to predict that Later on down the line He's Mark R. Weaver He is author of Award Smith's work You can follow him on Twitter At Mark R. Weaver Mr. Weaver, thanks for joining us today We appreciate you
2: have a great day.
1: Thank you. Hey, You're welcome. And thank you for listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer. Um, love having you here. Phone lines are open, so give me a shout if you want to chat about anything. Caught napping there. I was... Uh, looking at my social media feed here, and uh, I posted this story, which we'll unpack in the second hour. New bill would pay Ohio students to go to school. My question is, should we be paying kids to go to school? You, you heard that correctly. Lawmakers at the state house are con- are considering uh, two pilot programs that would pay kids to go to school. eight four four eight two five five nine eight nine is the number to call if you want to talk about that. Uh, You can go to Twitter at Jack Windsor right now, 125 votes already. It's 95 to five, essentially. Uh, No, we do not want to pay, but we'll talk about that story and the specifics of it. But I would be um, silly, foolish if I didn't share with you what I had shared with me yesterday. We've been talking almost this full first hour about Donald J. Trump, about his victory in Iowa, about the fact that he's going to win in New Hampshire, the fact that he's going to win the Republican primary. And now all of a sudden, uh, the political tide seems to have turned. Even on the left, we just listened to, for a second time, Chase CEO uh, Jamie Dimon talking about how Trump didn't get it wrong with NATO and immigration and tax reform. And Democrats need to be a little more respectful of the 75 million MAGA Republicans that they have villainized, uh, that Joe Biden has called a threat to our democracy. Uh, I've got to play this for you, but I want to tee it up. Michael Francis Moore, you know him as Michael Moore. He's he's an American film director, producer, screenwriter, and he's a prominent left-wing figure in the United States. Now, his work often addresses social, political, economic issues, (laughs) kind of the what right. we're in the middle of right now, right? I mean, everything feels political and economic and and social. Um, Bowling for Columbine is one of his most uh, powerful works. Fahrenheit 9/11 was the highest-grossing documentary at the box office. And uh, <clears throat> Michael Moore is uh, on stage in a video. It's f- it's four minutes long, so I want to I want to caution you. What you're about to hear is going to be long, and um, we had to bleep out some words because it's Michael Moore. <laughs> he uses colorful language, uh, which, by the way, I do too, just not on air. Uh, but we had to to bleep that out, and, and I want to get your reaction to this, but uh, I'm just going to go right to it let you listen to it. This is Michael Moore talking about uh, Trump, his views on Trump, and why he thinks people like Trump. So we're going to go to cut – Three here's Michael Moore
0: again that are planning to vote for Trump and um, they're not uh, they don't necessarily like him that much and they don't necessarily agree with him they're not racist and rednecks and they're actually pretty decent people and so I wanted to sort of after talking to a number of them I wanted to sort of I want to write this and Donald Trump came to the Detroit Economic Club, and stood there in front of the Ford Motor executives and said, if you close these factories as you're planning to do in Detroit and build them in Mexico, I'm gonna put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody's gonna buy them. It was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. And it was music to the ears of people in Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the Brexit states. (laughs) You live here in Ohio, you know what I'm talking about. Whether Trump means it or not is kind of irrelevant because he's saying the things to people who are hurting. And it's why every beaten down, nameless, forgotten working stiff who used to be part of what was called the middle class loves Trump. He is the human Molotov cocktail that they've been waiting for. The human hand grenade that they can legally throw into the system that stole their lives from them. And on November 8th, election day, although they lost their jobs, although they've been foreclosed on by the bank, next came the divorce and now the wife and kids are gone, the car's been repoed, they haven't had a real vacation in years, they're stuck with the Obamacare bronze plan where you can't even get a Percocet. <laughs> They've essentially lost everything they had except one thing the one thing that doesn't cost them a cent and is guaranteed to them by the American Constitution the right to vote. They might be penniless, they might be homeless, they might be fucked over and fucked up. It doesn't matter. Because it's equalized on that day. A millionaire has the same number of votes as the person without a job. One. And there's more of the former middle class than there are in the millionaire class. So on November 8th, the dispossessed will walk into the voting booth, be handed a ballot, close the curtain, and take that lever, or felt pen or touch screen, and put a big X in the box by the name of the man who has threatened to upend and overturn the very system that has ruined their lives, Donald J. Trump. They see that the elites who ruined their lives hate Trump. Corporate America hates Trump. Wall Street hates Trump. The career politicians hate Trump. The media hates Trump. After they loved him and created him and now hate them. Thank you, media. The enemy of my enemy is who I'm voting for on November 8th. Yes, on November 8th, you, Joe Blow, Steve Blow, Bob Blow, Billy Blow, Billy Bob Blow, all the blows, get to go and blow up the whole system because it's your right. Trump's election is going to be the biggest you ever recorded In human history. And it will feel good.
1: Wow. Michael Moore from a stage in Ohio. Calling Donald Trump the human Molotov cocktail. The human hand grenade. That every middle class American. Wants to throw at elites corporate America career politicians, the crooked press. And he said, it's going to be the biggest, you know what, in American history. I was floored when I heard that. Now, even a blind nut finds a squirrel once in a while. And the lesson that we learned from Jamie Dimer billionaire, business executive, banker, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, is to ask why. Why is Michael Moore making these comments? Now, he's from, I believe, Flint, Michigan. And I know people in Michigan love Donald J. Trump. Is he seeing the light? Or is he feeling the heat? Or does he have another documentary coming out soon? <laughs> And uh, he wants the middle American people to be harnessed in their power in support of what he's about to do. I don't know. But it's bizarro, isn't it? What do you think it is? Did you ever think you'd hear Michael Moore saying, I'm going to put a big fat X beside the name Donald J. Trump in the voting booth? I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. Maybe you did. Hey, uh, Adam Hewitt's going to weigh in on that and more. Hour number two on the other side of this break. So stay tuned. 98.9 FM, The Answer.